guys, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia. And actually, welcome back. It's season two, and I'm super excited to be recording still. So, what I thought there was gonna be like a big, a bit of a hiatus in terms of COVID, I just kept going on, kept going on, and I just felt like, okay, August is time to launch season two. So, here we are. Thanks again uh, in terms of like old listeners, new listeners. I'm very, very, very excited um, to continue recording, and season two is gonna be really exciting. So, to kick things off, <laughs> I figured season one started off with a dominatrix. That's how it all kind of began. And in the same fashion, I wanted to have another dominatrix on. But we're going to mix it up and we are going to be having a dom- dominatrix on all the way from Singapore. So currently it's 7 a.m. my time in Canada. It's 10 p.m. in Singapore time. We have Miss... <laughs> It's very, very, very early. I have like severe morning voice right now in case you guys are wondering why. She's that weird. Um, we have the lovely Miss Amber Lush. I'm going to have to edit that. Wow. It's like so early this morning. We have Miss Amber Lush joining us this morning slash joining us this evening. Say hello to the audience. Hi. Hi. Thank you for introducing me so nicely. You were so very welcome. That was a really long intro, but it was needed. Tell the audience who you are, what you do. Obviously, all we know about you is that you're a pro dom based out in Singapore. So please feel free to add anything in your own words, in your own terms, and go. Okay. Hello, everyone. So I'm Miss Amber Lush, and I'm from Singapore, and I work as a professional dominatrix. Um, I do this more or less full time. Um, I have been in the business of professional domination for about five to six years now. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. But uh, prior to that, I was uh, active in the kink community in Singapore for, I don't know, about 10 years, I guess. In total, I would say that I've been uh, in the kink scene for 15, 15 odd years now. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's a long time. <laughs> that way. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, there's so many questions here. And in terms of like, how on, how on earth did we get introduced and, and uh, how did we meet? Basically, there's a sex educator and also sex worker sex in general festival happening in Singapore online, of course, because it is still COVID happening, uh, starting, uh, started yesterday, I guess at the time of recording. So August 1st to August 15th is the sugar and spice festival. And we were supposed to be in a panel together. Unfortunately, we were, yes. unfortunately <laughs> I had to pull out because of a family emergency, but yes. I would have loved to be on that panel with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally yes. okay. But we, we still were able to get you on to this show. So I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah. But yes, so thank you so much for, for your time and, and taking, uh, yeah, I guess time to talk to us. I feel like I cannot talk this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there's so many questions here too. So I guess, where did you want to start? Do you want to start with how you got involved with the kink community? I didn't know that there was like a kink community in Singapore and how did that lead to doming? Like what I thought that Singapore is like very, very conservative. 
I've been to Singapore. It's lovely. <laughs> it's awesome. Did you think it was very conservative when you were here? <laughs> um, did I think it was conservative? Uh, I don't know. I was kind of there for work. So I was like there for a couple, okay. uh, yeah, few nights. But I had an amazing time when I was there. It was such an amazing country. Beautiful. And it's exactly what you see in Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> That's where most people probably know Singapore from. <laughs> But um, it's a bit like Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome, and it is a small island. It's lovely. It's right by Malaysia. If you guys don't know where the hell Singapore is, but yeah, it's um, it's awesome. But I, I want to really, really understand, like, yeah, how how did you get into pro doming? How did you get into the kink community? Like, what what are your roots in terms of sex work? Okay, so yes, there is a kink community in Singapore. Uh, and Singapore is pretty conservative. Um, you're right about that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it is an Asian society, so uh, a lot, there are a lot of Asian values you know, within the society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kink is definitely uh, very contro- controversial. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it's not something that is widely advertised. Uh, mm-hmm. It is very often sensationalized in, the, in media. Okay. So while we have a community, it largely operates... Um, underground right uh yeah we don't have any uh like um bars or clubs that that um you know identify as being bdsm bars or bdsm clubs not like in um, other countries right uh yeah so munches are largely just held at restaurants uh who don't know what we're there for (laughs) and uh, (laughs) yeah we, we do have like play parties uh but they, they usually take place at um, people's homes oh, okay. uh, or or yeah people's homes are sometimes like um i know service apartments or large uh, hotel right. rooms okay okay yeah. so you but got, there's never never at like a, a club no know, no that would not be legal yeah <laughs> yeah and i feel like that would be shut down immediately slash yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so no they're not very accepting of um uh, i mean in in general right the community is not very accepting of like anything that's alternative so be it like kink or um even lgbt uh you know it's it's still something that's like growing oh. here i guess oh yeah. even and, with like lgbtq even even that yeah yeah till now yeah i mean really? you, you do not like it's it's still illegal in singapore really oh wow and that's yeah. a whole nother topic <laughs> oh my gosh wow i didn't yeah, know that so yeah, we're not we're not even at the stage where you know we can talk about like marriage between like LGBTQ people, but um, really? yeah, oh even identifying as one is actually uh, you know it's it's still considered illegal. Wow, 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 yeah. wow! Oh my gosh! <laughs> so although <laughs> it is quite a um, modern cosmopolitan country, yeah, there are still a lot of yeah, there's there are a lot of undertones, I guess. Right, there's yeah. a lot of <laughs> archaic laws still and and views too. Yeah. I'm surprised that yeah, you know what we'd see. Um, you would think it would be more of a progressive country, but I guess in those aspects, it's still kind of behind the times a little bit. Mm. It's not. It's not a law that is, uh, uh, you know, used in right. general, but it exists. It exists so yeah. it is. Uh, yeah, it, it it's led to a lot of um, unhappiness for obvious reasons. Of course, uh, something that yeah. You know, people are constantly trying to get repealed, but um, it's taking a long time. <laughs> yes, yes. But at least there's people that are working towards it, at least. So, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I guess with that, so, like, yeah, sorry, keep going. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, we, we do have a kink community. It's, uh, it's not that young now. Uh, mm-hmm. When I first joined the community, like, 15 years back, it was quite fledging at that stage. Okay. Um, yeah, very, very, very new. So they used to have munches, uh, like, at, at bars. Um, yeah. And it would probably be, like, five people. Okay. More or less. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. So you've and seen it's been very interesting to watch that grow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Over the years, you know, um, I think about five years back or so, um, the community really expanded. Uh, we started to see new groups um, seed okay. within the community. Wow. Yeah, like uh, like the group for the under thirty fives. And then the group that um, I I founded with a couple of friends uh, mm-hmm. with a focus on education. Yes. Um, yeah. And then we have, you know, we had a few more um, come up after that. Yeah. Wow. So today there are, I, I don't know, at last count, maybe <laughs> five or six okay. <laughs> in the community. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a huge change, you know, now and, and years ago. Right. Yeah, and the size of the community now is um is, is quite big too. I a couple of hundred for sure, maybe even a thousand. No idea. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. Amazing. Munches are, are big. They're usually full. So I mean, before this was before COVID, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could get easily like thirty to fifty people at a munch. Yeah. Okay. Wow. There's so many things to yes. unpack here. <laughs> That's yeah. Crazy. So it's 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 become very vibrant. Yeah, a community still new, I think, mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that um, I would say we're, we're quite new because uh, uh, if you look at like the skill level of the kinks in general like in Singapore, yeah. uh, most people are still at the beginner or beginner intermediate level for okay. everything. Really? You know, so we haven't. Yeah, because it's I, I suppose it's because it's it's new, it's young. Yeah. So we don't have a lot of very very experienced people within the community to kind of like level up the skill set right. in general. Yeah. yeah, this is not quite enough yet. So exactly, yes. So that will take time, and yeah. Okay. People like yeah, learning from overseas or whatever. Yeah. Right. That's that's really cool too, for especially for you, because like as we said, you've been in the community basically since it's in, basically since its inception. I cannot speak this morning. <laughs> oh my god, I cannot talk. <laughs> But yeah, it's just really, really cool kind of seeing that community grow. And you mentioned that you were you started one of the groups yes. within. Can you yeah. tell us more about that? Okay, so the group that I started with um, two or three other people, I think today we have like we have about five or six moderators or like community leaders of this group. Okay. Um, yeah, so we call ourselves SLAP, <laughs> which stands for Singapore Learn and Play. Okay. And uh, yeah, so the focus was on education because um, at that time, we saw a huge like, influx of um, people joining the scene like, and very young people too. I think okay. this was around the time that Fifty Shades became popular. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So the, the scene just like, it just grew, you know, over, almost overnight. Really? Um, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, yeah <laughs> like it became cool to me. yeah definitely yeah. Uh, there's so many problems with that movie and so many problems with that book series but uh, we can yeah, go into that later. I guess it also made a lot of people more curious yes uh, and yeah keen to find out more so yeah so so the scene that the group grew and yeah, we had we had like very young people you know approach um, some of us who are like we like more experience, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, and say and ask us like, so how how do we do this? How do we start? What do we do? You know, how do we even meet people? How do you negotiate? Um, how do you plan a seed? <laughs> you know, totally. All these questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. And uh, I think at that stage, Fat Life was already around, but it was not um, as uh, like you know well used, or, or it didn't yeah. have like all the resources that it has today. It was a bit tougher to find what you were looking for. Right. So. Yeah, so in terms of resources, it was still, like, it, it, it wasn't quite there. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's why we decided to, like, start this group uh, to to kind of just, we, we ran, like, uh, Skillshare discussions, oh, cool. uh, work, workshops, yeah, to, wow. to just, yeah, just, just to grow, to grow that space in Singapore. Right, right, yeah, because there would be, like, a lot of curiosity, because one, like... Exactly, yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, we weren't, we weren't experts, but uh, we, we did, like, fly people in you know who were experts <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah. that's really yeah, so amazing was, yeah it was a good excuse i guess to get these people in <laughs> totally. for, for our own sakes as well yeah you could be yeah. selfish that's okay <laughs> <laughs> but let's yeah. um i also want to like because you you were stressing like the importance of education too, because you had so like such an influx of curious young people joining this BDSM community. I also read on your website you're also a sex educator as well. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I so many yeah. Things. So I, I taught. Well, when I started this group, mm-hmm. I ran a lot of the workshops, and um, so I did a lot of teaching myself. Okay. Um, I also taught at uh, conferences uh, oh, because wow. we we worked quite closely with the Hong Kong uh, kink community. Okay. Um, yeah, so they, they kind of uh, held our hands, I would say, to, to grow this group because uh, they already had quite a big focus on education. Okay. So in in the beginning, they, they even came down, you know, to help us like run the first uh, workshop, for example. Wow, that's incredibly yeah. helpful. <laughs> yeah, Hong Kong's pretty, yeah, the community there's pretty cool. Uh, oh. They used to, I think, I'm well, not this year, of course, um, and I'm not sure if they did this last year, but... Before that, uh, I think for two or three cycles, they had a kink conference uh, annually. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and it was amazing. quite a large affair, you know, like easily at 100 plus wow. yeah, to 200 people. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. awesome. Yeah, so we, we, worked, we worked pretty closely with them. And uh, so when they had the conferences, I also went over to teach. Very, very, very cool. That's such a great opportunity too. And yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so nice, you know, for Hong Kong to be super supportive as well in terms yeah. of like getting things off the ground and getting things started. And especially like mm-hmm. how important that is in Asian culture too. Because as you know, like part of the conference that we're supposed to be in, sex is pretty taboo like just the topic of yes it. yeah so any kind of like community within sex or like um any type of work is kind of like a hush hush conversation mm. or not even a conversation I would say <laughs> yeah I think it's yeah it's actually difficult for a lot of people here to talk about it right right yeah 
Wow. Okay. So this is really cool. So those are your roots there in terms of the BDSM yes. community. Wow. That's incredible. There's so, so many, so many years of experience there. So, so lucky to have you on the show to talk about this. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted to um, ask then, like, how did that, being in that community. Growing into pro-doming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did that get you into pro-doming? Okay. So, uh, well, I, there were plenty of factors, I would say. Um, the <laughs> biggest one would yeah. be that I left my full-time job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. So I, I used to be a teacher. Um, oh, perfect. So this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, which, which is also why I, you know, I, I, I like the idea of education. Of uh, and yeah, within the scene, so it's kind of like a marriage of my skill set. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, teaching in Singapore is, is, is a hard it's a difficult job. Um, mm. I'm sure it is everywhere in the world, but uh, yeah, but over here it's, it's really quite challenging. And uh, okay. I think I just kind of burnt out. Yeah. You know, I just lost, lost the love for the job. Right. Um, I had been doing it for a good decade and uh, yeah, at the end I was like, mm, this is, <laughs> I don't see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I left knowing that I would be able to, to teach in private so that was kind of like the backup plan um, and to find some time to figure out what I wanted to do. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I, I quit and then uh, I was married at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so um, I was, I was actually married to my, my dom, my dominant. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I was in a, yeah, I was in a, a DS uh, relationship okay. uh, with my ex-husband, wow. a pretty long one. Um, mm-hmm. It went pretty well for quite a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, in the end we grew apart, but you know, but it was good while it lasted. And uh, so we had like a, a lot of uh, toys, tons <laughs> <laughs> of them. I <laughs> bet. Like painstakingly, you know, grown that collection like over a long, many, many, many years. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and um, I, I identify as a switch. Uh, okay. So I can, you know, I can play both ways. Yes. Uh, yes. And even when I was with my ex, we were poly. So mm. I was exp- exploring like, my dominant side with a lot of people and I've been doing that for quite a number of years already um, right. prior to going pro yeah so um I think it was probably him who suggested to me uh that I might want to try like pro doming oh. <laughs> yeah I was like why why not you know yeah we had the, yeah we already had the equipment I didn't need to make that investment right I was free yeah thank <laughs> I had God. the time yeah and uh yeah so that's expensive so I, too I, I, <laughs> It is, yeah. It's, it's actually very expensive to start out if you don't have anything. Yeah, yeah. We we yeah. mentioned that in season one, episode one, mm. too. It's just like it's, and we have had another dom on the show too. Mm-hmm. But it can like in the other episode that the other dominatrix featured in Ivy Hearts, she was actually like, "Don't go into the community." She was actually like <laughs> telling people to not join the community because <laughs> she's like, "Well, there's not like a ton of money here, at least not in." Vancouver at least and and you have mm. to like it's hard to find that consistency so mm-hmm. but the the equipment was a, a big topic too in terms of like it's so expensive and it's such an investment yeah so you're really yes. really lucky like, <laughs> yeah I mean the quality stuff is is expensive Very. and um it's even worse here because oh. Uh, oh. We, we don't have any make we don't have any makers you know in Singapore no so everything is uh, imported 
Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the local sex shops, like, everything that they sell is uh, marked up you right. know, by 200% or something. It's insane. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So before, like, shopping online became so easy, uh, it was very expensive to, to you know, buy sex toys mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Quite, quite a lot. Yeah, so every time I travel, I more or less come back with an extra suitcase for new toys. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yeah, pri- yeah good priorities there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People shop for clothes, but I just go to the different sex shops. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Brings me a lot more pleasure, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's crazy. So, so then, yeah, so that was yeah. that was really it. I mean, I you know, I at that point I was like, okay, I'll just I'll try, I'll give it a go, and um, I was uh, initially a little bit uh, afraid because okay. I wasn't you know more like safety, being alone in you know like being alone in a room with with your client. You know, I wasn't sure if like anything would happen or you know right. how to really safeguard myself against that so um when I first started I actually offered like uh sessions with another uh, with a friend of mine okay um, yeah do yeah those. yeah so we, we did like doubles only mm-hmm. yeah yeah just to have offered. other presence in the room basically yeah exactly so it was a lot safer I mean of course we made the price point very attractive so <laughs> yeah but it was still it was still like a reasonable amount for the both of us so right. uh, that way we kept we kept each other safe it was also a lot easier in a sense because you you know you're, you're kind of you can back each other up oh session. totally yeah <laughs> yeah that kind of worked out for yeah sure. even if you don't have like much chemistry with the client it was fine because you could just chat with each other <laughs> yeah right <laughs> How, when yeah, did, so that I was, guess, like at what point did you feel start feeling comfortable doing it by yourself so we did that for just a couple of months really she oh, okay. was in between jobs at that time you know so when she finally when she found her full-time job which was quite soon after she she didn't have the time to do this anymore mm-hmm. so um, when that happened then I had to start doing it on my own but by then I was pretty much comfortable already Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because yes. I know a lot of people wanting to get into what, whether it is doming or escorting, well, like situations where you have to be alone with a client, like mm. safety is always, always a big question. Like, I guess we'll kind of go over it right now really quickly, but how are some ways that you can protect yourself? A safe call for sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So like right now, uh, my, my fiance, so I'm getting remarried. Uh, my fiance is always aware of my thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's always aware of my session. So I, mm-hmm. you know, as a rule of thumb, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to text him like when I start right. and when I end. So okay. he has access to my my schedule, so he knows like exactly how long the session should last. And if I don't text him, you know, like 15 minutes uh, where I'm supposed to have, he will start to like text me and ask me, is everything okay? You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. So he knows where I am and yeah, of course he'll, he'll like show up if, if anything goes wrong. Right. Um, that's so, that's yeah. so great that you have that support. Yes. Yeah. So I think a safe call is really, really important. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Other than that, I think just uh, honestly, it's very hard to, to safeguard yourself against um, someone who comes with the intention yeah. of, uh, yeah, of harming you, right, or of hurting you. That's, <laughs> that's, that's really not much you, you can, can do in such circumstances. Yeah. yeah, 
abuse have to kind of make a lot of noise I guess I don't yeah (laughs) I mean you've never been I mean knock on wood but you've never been in that situation no I've been very lucky um oh yes actually there is one more thing you you can do which is to screen very carefully yes yes definitely screening and filtering your clients and and how do you do that online like there's certain questions you have to ask them and do you take any type of deposits or anything like that Yes, so I, I I make them uh, fill up a contact form, mm-hmm. um, and I only get back to the clients that I feel are uh, well. First of all, that you know that we can mesh. If uh, if what they're asking for are clearly like things that I've stated are my boundaries, yeah. then they <laughs> they haven't taken the time to read my website in detail. So then I, I don't <laughs> think we'll be a very good match. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's number one, and then um, after that, I do ask for a deposit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's really just to show that they're sincere, because I want to protect myself against time wasters. Yeah, more more so than like you know people who might want to like take advantage of you. I think time wasters are a real problem. <laughs> yes, there are. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's like another like thing that was brought up uh, with Miss Sadie on uh, episode mm-hmm. one too. She's like, well, if you can't fill up like my form properly then and you like you're asking for things that I don't even offer it's just like well one you fail at reading (laughs) (laughs) and two it's just like well you're a big time waster basically yes which no one appreciates correct (laughs) yeah and and the last thing I do is I do actually like engage them in a negotiation via um, text okay. prior to the session. So a couple of days beforehand, I will like you know just text them for about it's not not a long time really like fifteen minutes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and from their responses, it's actually you can actually kind of tell you know what kind of person they will be or yeah, just to clarify you know I, I use it to clarify the limits, what they expect. Right. Um, yeah. Just so exactly. you guys are on the same so, page with everything. Yeah, so correct. So you can just you can you can tell from that short conversation, you know, whether they're um, what kind of person they are, whether they're sane or yeah, <laughs> or otherwise. Or like not okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not foolproof, but there's not much there's not much else you can do. I think. Right. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's really quite similar to how things are done in North America then too. That's really kind of cool. Okay. Yeah, because I, yeah. I just wanted to see like, is there anything different that you guys would do? But I, I think um, in your situation with your with your um, uh, fiance uh, with the call, I think that's really interesting. I haven't heard of that one before yet, so that one's really really cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing and, that. <laughs> uh, no problem. And I do I do tell my clients beforehand that that that's happening. So. Yeah. I mean, if they if if they have no intention of doing anything funny, uh, they they should be totally comfortable with it. Totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very cool. Okay, cool. Um, I want to pivot the conversation now over to I guess Singapore in general and the conservative views that Singapore has in terms okay. of sex work and also how gray it is. Because I was reading up on the laws, and it, it sounds mm-hmm. kind of similar to Canada. You couldn't find much, right? And there wasn't a lot. And that's another thing, too. There were articles, but there was nothing, like, specific. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I have no idea, really. It's very, it's very verbose. It's and, very And it's very ambiguous. Very. And, and just unclear yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, what exactly is legal? I read that, like, prostitution is legal. 
Um, yes. So you can't live off the means, off any Yes, so pimps stuff. are illegal. Pimping is illegal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they want to discourage, like, syndicates. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, or basically just, just pimps, I guess, yeah. So right. those are definitely, like, not legal. And they, uh, yeah, they do, like, have, like, sting operations to, to find, oh, catch really? these people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's good at least, thank God, because <laughs> that's really those can be really potentially really scary situations to be in. Um, with yes. Pimps and Johns, yeah. So it's good that that's outlawed <laughs> at least. Yeah, but I think in general, if you are a uh, local female mm-hmm. um, and you uh, you want and you engage in sex work on your own terms, um, it's it's actually considered legal. Can you go in more detail about that? Like, how can you kind of elaborate? Okay, so paying for sex or being paid for sex in Singapore is it's legal, mm-hmm. but you cannot solicit in a public space. That's what I understand. Okay, okay, gotcha. yeah. So you cannot, you cannot like, you cannot walk the streets. That's that. That's definitely illegal, right? Um, and I su- yeah, and I suppose you cannot like even on online, uh, even in the online space, you cannot um, be the one to approach. Oh, okay, but but people can approach you. That, I, I think so. Something. Okay, yeah, again, it was really great when I was doing research on this. Yes. I'm like, why is this so confusing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've spoken, to, I've spoken to friends who are lawyers, even they are, like, you know, they're not sure. Really? <laughs> it's very case-by-case, case, you know, it's like when yeah. something becomes a case, then, then um, yeah, you'll find out, like, exactly what's right or what's not. That's such an unfortunate way to figure things out. Yes. I feel like maybe they're doing it on purpose to make it so confusing just so people just won't engage in any type of sex work. <laughs> that That is a theory, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. A very plausible one, too, I think so, yes. And I wanted to, like, because, yeah. like, since sex work is kind of, is definitely taboo. I don't want to say kind of, it's mm-hmm. definitely taboo. I read about something, um, like an area in Singapore called the Orchard Towers. Okay, yes. Yeah, like... <laughs> the, they call it the Four Floors of Horrors. Yes, I was just going to bring that up. Like, yes. is this an accurate depiction? <laughs> That's crazy. Do yeah, you have so, much knowledge yeah, about so. the Orchard Towers at all? Sorry, can you come oh, again? Oh, sorry, um, do you have much, um, I guess, uh, knowledge in terms of the Orchard Towers... And what goes on in there, from what I understand, four floors of whores, there's different clubs and bars that are there. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've been there, I've been there a, a handful of times. Oh. Um, it's, it's actually just a, it's just a building with like lots of uh, nightclubs. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so every every level, you know, there are a couple of nightclubs, um, mm-hmm. and then there are some other establishments like eateries and uh, hot dog stands <laughs> to, to feed the to feed the drunken people, you know, after Perfect. after clubbing. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> so these these uh, these clubs, they they usually have a, a lot of host- hostesses. Yes. Um, yeah. So and the hostesses, they are usually um, uh, foreigners, usually like oh. I think. Largely Thai or um, PRC. Wow. Um, I am not sure where else, but the ones that I've seen t- tend to be from these two countries. Wow. Um, okay. And uh, gorge- gorgeous, very pretty. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, so they'll just be, they're very forward, I guess, when you show up, especially if you're male. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. And this is yes. something that's like totally more prevalent in Asian culture rather rather than um, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> than the American culture. Like, can you can you describe to us what uh, or kind of define what what exactly a host bar is for those listening? Oh, okay. Yeah. You mean this doesn't? Uh, you don't have this at all in America. Not really. There are some places in LA and like K Town that will have um, host bars, but there there's maybe one te- one club in Vancouver that might do it, but that I'm still not really sure. Um, but okay. in general, in general, not really. I would say a resounding no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's it's very very common. Very common um, in, in Asia. many parts of Asia. Yes. So a host or hostess bar is basically a a, a club, a nightclub where. Um, uh, you come in, you get a drink, and then uh, women. So these women actually work for the establishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they'll just they'll come to your table and uh, you know like chat with you, um, and they'll stay there for a little while. Uh, to buy them a drink. So if you buy them a drink, then they will sit with you. Um, right. Yeah, and have conversation or play games. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think different clubs have different rules. Like, okay, uh, you're not supposed. Yeah, so certain clubs are like you're not supposed to, um, you know, engage in any like sexual activity in the club, and there are rules that you're not even you're not supposed to um, uh, hook up with these ladies outside. Oh, uh, so you yeah, so they cannot you they cannot solicit like on the premises, but right. um, I mean in general it does happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite yeah. common. Yeah, it's quite common. So yeah, so that those are that's basically what the host bar is. Okay, perfect. Thank you so yes. much for explaining that. For those who don't know what the host bar is, no problem. But and yeah. sometimes they 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 perform as well, so it's quite interesting. If you go to a a Thai um a Thai club, mm-hmm. uh, the the ladies will will go on stage and sing. Or yes. dance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then after that, they will rotate. Oh, and while they're on stage, you can actually pay. You can pay money to buy them, like, a garland. Oh, a garland. Okay. Yes. Gar- garlands of, like, flowers. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or, sash- or sashes, okay. uh, depending on the club. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, they... Yeah, you can. And sometimes people, like, pay quite a lot of money. <laughs> really? That <laughs> yeah. is so interesting. So, yeah. And and then the lady will go to the table, uh, you know, that has like paid the most. <laughs> yeah, of course, and spend more time with that. Yes, the, exactly. Patrons. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah, and so, they definitely have that like a lot in like Thailand, um, and even uh, yes, yes. like Japan yeah. too with the maid cafes. Yes. yes, and in Japan they have uh, they have such clubs for women, <laughs> where mm-hmm. uh, where the where it's the guys who are circling the tables, you know. Yes. <laughs> I remember, yeah. like, <laughs> my sister's my sister's live in Japan, and she's telling me about this Prince Bar where she's like, "Oh, you have to go! Like, when you're here next time." I never actually got to go around to this establishment, but she's like, "Oh, like, they basically like, oh, like, they're almost like your butler for whatever time yeah. that you're in there, and like, what would you like to drink?" and like they'll call you my princess and stuff like that I was like oh I would love that <laughs> yeah I, I watched like some documentaries on that and it's quite interesting that yeah like women and men look for very different things at such uh, places totally and I, I feel like it's, yeah it's different like both men and women because I feel with men they'll they're, they're they're looking for attention and and companionship I would I would say and yeah. women are looking more for like the quality time. I yeah, would say. the it's, conversation. It's, yes, the good. Yeah, <laughs> it's super different. But yeah, sidebar there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so interesting. So with the host bars, and that's that's mainly what's in Orchard Towers. Orchard Towers. Yeah. Yes. 
but there's nothing actual. There's no there's no actual sex. Or um, no, there, there are no brothels in in Orchard Towers itself. Yeah. Right. So I mean, if they do hook up, then they will go to a hotel like nearby. Yep. Right. Plenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we we have like a, a red light district. Yes. Yeah. So that's where the actual brothels are. Oh, okay. Yes, I read yeah. about that too. Do you have much information on that as well? Uh, so it's it's in this place called Geylang. Yes. Uh, but Geylang is also very popular for its food. Oh. And it has plenty of uh, small streets. So each street is called a lorong. Lorong is a Malay for uh, street. Okay. And uh, they're numbered, right? So like lorong one, two, three, and so on and so forth. And uh, so the brothels are on certain streets, and then um, the food places are on the others. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, the brothels, um, they all have a huge red lantern, like outside, to, oh. to show that, yeah, to indicate that that's what that building is. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. So- it's pretty like blatantly I, obvious. I don't know very much. This one I've never been, but that's oh. it's it's kind of like common knowledge, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh right, yeah. I did read about Geylang, and I was like, oh okay, like mm-hmm. they have. That's really interesting. They have they have a designated area. Something. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> interesting. Wow, that's that's crazy. Um, I wanted to. Well, crazy. I think it's just really, really particularly interesting. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a, in a country like Singapore, right, where it's kind of, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's very modern, and then mm-hmm. you, yeah, but really also cool. conservative, and then but they have these things going on. It's quite, it's very interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting to observe too, because it's yes. just like okay, sex work is taboo, but then you have like these, as you said, with the lanterns and everything, like kind of explicitly, like, you know, it's there. <laughs> yeah. So it's. Very but I think it's it's taboo because. Um, the mindset that people have is that uh, sex work is only done by a certain group of people, and mm-hmm. you know, and it, 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 what they know of sex work is is just gay lang. Right. Yeah. You see. Yeah. yeah. They only. So have the idea that is that these the women are not empowered. You know. So yeah. Right. Yeah, and just the views in terms of Asian culture. Uh, you mentioned it really early on in the podcast too, but like, sex work is rooted in like in Singapore is rooted in Asian values. Can you, yes. can you please elaborate on that too? Okay. So, um, well, <laughs> there's a lot there. It's a big uh, topic. So... <laughs> Get your tickets but to Sugar and Sex yeah. Festival. Asian values, are... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're very steeped in, um, virtue. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, like, yeah, so for women in particular, things like uh, virginity is uh, is very important, you know. So like, uh, okay, like first of all, like women are seen to be quite inferior to men in okay. in Asia, um, right. because in many cultures, uh, the boys are the ones that are like families want want boys more than they want girls. Yes, it was a real problem, you know, where in China, especially with the like one child policy, they were actually like killing the baby girls so that they could have a boy instead. Right. Um, yeah, and in most, in, in a lot of, I mean, I wouldn't say all, but in a lot of Asian cultures, um, girls are seen to be like uh, inferior. Inferior, So they yeah. don't have access to education or, you know, with the boys that get that get to go like to study, for example. Right. Yeah. So today, of course, it's different. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, but even then there are still families to prioritize like the boys over the girls. Um, right. So, yeah, so for girls, it seems it's like 
all you have is your your virginity, you know, and it's it's this precious gift that you save for your mm-hmm. future husband. Yeah, because <laughs> it's tied tied to your value <laughs> as a person. Yes, you have to protect it. You know, like it's exactly. sacred. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, like, yeah, it's really it's secret. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's 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 quite it's very ridiculous if you think about it's it. It's very but, ridiculous. Yeah, but that's yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's what. Uh, but these are like some of the underlying currents in society, and there are still a lot of people who are very conservative mm-hmm. um, in that regard. I'm not saying that they think that you know like boys are more important today, but um, the idea that a female has to be virtuous has to be like. Uh, you know, to take care of her family, take care of her husband, um, is always the one to sacrifice first uh, for her husband and her kids. You know, that, that kind of mindset, yeah, that's very, very prevalent. So when you see a female who is um, sex positive and who, um, you know, has no qualms <laughs> about, like, using her, her body or her sexuality, um, it's, it's, it's taboo, it's, it's uh, frowned mm-hmm. upon. Very, very frowned yeah. upon. Totally. Yes. <laughs> and it's 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 prevalent in like most. Uh, I don't want to generalize, but it kind of is true in most Asian countries. Like, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like so you you dress conservatively. You know, you don't show too much. All that. Yeah. If not, you get stares and frowns. So. <laughs> oh yes, that's my mother. <laughs> that's one hundred percent my mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah i mean same right it, it, it never gets gets old like no even if you're an adult it's still yes yeah like i'm 30 and my mom's still like you're showing too much cleavage i'm like mom i don't even have cleavage like come on like relax. Mom just ask i mean when i was still living with her you know she'll be like uh are you sure you're not gonna be cold yeah are you sure <laughs> that's totally a common very polite term that means that you're not wearing enough clothes yeah. it's really interesting yeah like it's um well for the panel that we were going to be on we really wanted to talk about these stark differences between asian culture and also with north american culture Mm. and you know it's very very prolific here in terms of uh sex work um it's Mm -hmm. more i don't want to say more but definitely in terms of singapore's case it's a lot more accepted or at least there's a lot more strides to make it more widely accepted too so yeah like for instance I'm in I'm in Canada in Vancouver and uh, I'm an exotic dancer and it's pretty I would say quote-unquote normal <laughs> to be a stripper there's just so many girls here that I know and that have been on the podcast too where it's kind of normalized and there's it's like a cool thing to do almost like it just seems okay. so normal like oh like oh yeah you're a stripper what, what club do you work at oh look cool I know this person and that it's just a very it's very casual conversation as opposed to so like, we don't have strip clubs here no it's, no that's illegal yeah we don't right. <laughs> yeah but we have hosts host bars, host bars <laughs> yeah. Clubs. yeah totally yeah <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> But it's just different, too, like, in terms of, like, certain sex work, um, how it's viewed and stuff, too, in terms of, like, East versus West mentality. Yeah, so. Yeah. I also want to pivot the conversation over as well in terms of, like, how you have been able to adapt with COVID um, in terms of your work. Yeah, because that's made it tricky for all of us. doesn't matter what type of sex work for everything and for everyone, so feel free to go into that. So, um, 
in Singapore, we had a lockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as as with most other countries. Yes. Um, in I think it was April or May. Can't, can't quite remember. So um, there were already some warning signs that it was going to happen. So it wasn't exactly unexpected. Mm-hmm. And of course, when the numbers started to uh, climb, I had already cut down uh, the number of sessions that I was taking, right. um, more or less, to safeguard myself. So when the when the lockdown started, uh, my volume was already quite quite low, and I was prepared. I was prepared to weather, you know, a couple of stop, uh, a couple of months. Right. Um, of that, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we were on lockdown for about two months, I think, six oh, to eight weeks, yeah. I'm not too sure. Yes. Yeah, and then they reopened. Uh, so even the reopening, is, it's, uh, it's in phases. So it's, yes. not, uh, it's not like immediately, you know, everything goes back to normal. So right. currently we are in phase two. Oh, okay. Um, phase, yeah, phase one was not very different from the lockdown itself, except that uh, we were allowed to, like, put, you could start to go out um, as... Uh, a family to like buy groceries that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, but restaurants were still not open right so there was no there was no like outdoor dining uh, so that only started in phase two so right now like uh, um, yeah I've restarted sessions but at a really low volume mm-hmm. um, you can go out you know you can you can eat in restaurants and in like groups no bigger than five um, right cinemas are reopening uh, oh. but you have to wear a mask throughout yeah so it's 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 slow um, I think we have one or two more phases to go before things go back to like full normal. But right. I think we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear yes. you. Like things over yeah. here have kind of reopened a little bit. Um, well, mm-hmm. we're basically in phase three out of four. Okay. Okay. But cases have started to go up again earlier this month. So I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. Same, same here. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really frustrating. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, but, like we're really hoping that we're not gonna go back into lockdown, but yeah, see. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. So um, yeah. So I mean, on on my end, in terms of work, uh, on one hand, I was like really happy to have that break. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a forced break, you know. Because I think when you do when you do your own business, uh, it's very hard to say like, okay, I'm gonna take some time off. Totally. Or, <laughs> yeah, or like that. This is all I'm gonna work. You know, this is enough. As long as the work, the business comes in, you you kind of just want to keep doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for financial reasons, of course, uh, and also <laughs> like I enjoy my work, so I, I yes. like working. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and but the downside is that you burn out. Uh, or you just get really, really exhausted. So mm-hmm. um, I think that was kind of like the state I was in, like yeah, just prior to like the COVID becoming a thing, and yes. um, it forced me to really take a break. Yeah. Which was great. I have not slept so much. <laughs> it's <laughs> nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I look so much younger. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a good uh, chance for us to reset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but so um, I think the biggest change to my business was that it, I used to only take in-person sessions. Okay. So I had to be like, face-to-face with the client Um, and when I was on lockdown that was not possible so I had to start um, exploring online alternatives Mm -hmm. yeah and uh, I was a little bit late to the game because I I know there are a lot of pronouns that have a pretty strong online presence uh, already with like causes or like videos or you know and what what not online so I kind of started with close to nothing <laughs> so I spent I, I more or less spent like the time in, in lockdown just like recording uh content mm-hmm. uh and I, I I couldn't compete with them in terms of numbers because I didn't have all this uh 
prep work done. So I, I, yeah, my, my route instead was, uh, like bespoke content, (laughs) you know, so I, I did, yeah, so I did online domination, but I focused more on like making it very individualized, very tailored for, um, individual clients. Right. And how has that switch, like in terms of like going online, how has that switch been for you? It, it, it can be like really, really slow burn at, at the beginning. So I want to see yes. if, you, if you felt that too. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a very, very slow burn. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it was also, um, I mean, to be honest, it was like a lot more hours for okay. a lot less uh, return. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like so, it's a lot of yeah, work. So <laughs> a lot. It is a lot of work. Yeah. Because you're, yeah, you, you can't, you can't demand the same kind of like, pay that you would get from a from an in-person meet right you know for an in-person session yeah so you've got to so in the end the hours really really add up uh that that was quite it was difficult to um to make even like a a nice a good portion of what i used to make on a good month right yeah yeah but i mean like this is the times that we're in now so (laughs) yes exactly yeah Yeah. so you have to yeah you have to adapt yeah absolutely (laughs) adapt and die i like that (laughs) yeah well i guess with that um, yeah like yeah do you have anything else to add there too in terms of like yeah i was gonna say that actually it it has um helped me to reach out to a lot more people because uh yeah so i was forced to like you know really step up my twitter game and (laughs) yeah (laughs) and like yeah start selling like content online i started an OnlyFans page uh, and it's yeah it's it's helped me to reach like a lot more people and some of that has translated into um in-person sessions which is great yeah that's that's really really great good return for you yeah (laughs) exactly yeah yeah. yeah. Well, it really opens up your network and also like we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for COVID. So <laughs> True. Yes. We wouldn't be speaking right now. So there there's there's a silver lining to everything, right? So Yes. <laughs> Some good pros. But there, yeah, more sleep, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. But there are just a just a few questions here too that I want to kind of we could start slowing down the conversation here. Okay. But yeah, there is a few questions, so we'll kind of uh, go over that. And then at the very end, I forgot to mention before, um, but there will be a chance for you to market yourself too. So all your links, all your OnlyFans, all that stuff, we can okay. mention at the end of the show. So uh, I guess the first question is, and we've already kind of went through this already, but if there's anything else you want to add, you can. Um, in your own words, how are sex workers treated slash perceived in Singapore? Uh yeah not well <laughs> yeah not well as well uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> the general idea is that uh you know people here you don't engage in sex work out of um empowerment like you, you're not you don't do it because of your of, because you want to but because mm-hmm. you have to right and that's like the only yeah. view that they have of sex work basically. yes because they cannot con- they cannot perceive you know that they cannot conceive of the idea that someone would want to do it yeah that mentality just doesn't exist. Yes. That's really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yes. gosh, it seems so archaic and old. But... <sighs> Anyways, I'm lucky and I'm Canada. <laughs> um, here's a good question. What is your self-love routine for when you switch off work? Mm. Okay, so for me, um, it's really spending time with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's lovely. 
<laughs> she's she's a she's a real sweetheart and uh, yeah she's just like a she brings my stress down you know so when I'm like tired at the end of the day I come home and she's always waiting at the door for me oh <laughs> yeah and then she she does this like very cute like meow and she'll roll over to like, you know she wants me to like rub her belly of course <laughs> and yeah it just gets rid of all my stress so I, I I spend a fair bit of time every evening like just carrying her <laughs> yeah <laughs> she sounds very yeah. sweet <laughs> <laughs> but yeah self self-love yeah I do a lot of things to keep myself happy I take yeah. a lot of classes like exotic dance like yes. that you teach yes um, you know, yeah very very <laughs> I, cool I, I, yeah, I learned French. Um, oh. Yeah, I just, I think my hobby is like learning. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Not a bad thing. Always keep learning, right? <laughs> yes. Student forever. <laughs> yeah. um, in your in your opinion, what is the reason anyone gets into being a sub or a dom? Oh, okay. Um, wow. I think, okay, I, I actually believe that uh, every one of us is to a certain extent kinked. Uh, it's a, it's, it's a spectrum, you know, it's not, you're not like, you're not either like kinky or non-kinky. I mean, yeah. So everyone exists like on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just how kinky you are, I guess. And, uh, whether you identify as being dom or a sub, uh, that, that's really, I, I think it depends largely on like who you're with. Uh, sometimes also your introduction to the scene. Uh, like when I first joined, I was, you know, it was very easy to just identify as being submissive male. Right, right. <laughs> and I was young. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, that was it. Was like the easiest, you know, like pigeonhole to 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 fit into, and uh, yeah. So and it was only after when I became a bit more experienced and daring that I started to explore like other, uh, yeah, other roles. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but of course today it's 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 different, right? It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> cool. Yeah, but yeah, I, I switch. So for me, it really depends who I'm with. Yeah. Yeah. That's a large part of it too, in terms of like guests. Yes. Who you are participating yeah. with and engaging with. Exactly. Um, yeah, the energy. <laughs> the energy yeah. for sure, and the connection that all comes into play yeah. for sure. Yes. Um, is there a particular characteristic that draws people to either role of sub subbing or doming? Control, I guess. Mm -hmm. Power. Um, <laughs> pow yeah, power. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a very big, like, um, uh, I, you know, there's this idea that uh, like people are often they, very inverse from what they are like in their day-to-day -day lives. So like Ooh, yes. people in very dominant roles in their work tend to want to submit yes. and people who are very subservient at work <laughs> want to dominate. Um, I found this to be true in some cases, but okay. not always. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're all, yeah, people are just people, right? We're all yeah. different. Exactly. Um, your motivations, yeah, will not be the same from others. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I would like to say though that like, a lot of people tend to think that kinky people have had a uh, certain trauma in their childhood, right. <laughs> which, which, uh, yeah, which, which um, is to be blamed for, <laughs> for why they like certain things. Yes. Um, I found this to be entirely untrue. <laughs> 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 if anything, um, the kinky people that I've met, uh, my clients or, or friends from the scene, mm -hmm. usually very intelligent people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mostly professionals. Um, and they come from like, 
good, yeah, they've had like good childhoods, yeah. happy childhoods. You know, so. <laughs> Contrary yeah. to popular belief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, I don't. I don't think there's a there's a there's a particular personality mm-hmm. um, trait. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Cool. And, <laughs> and the last question is are there communities which make it easier to get into subbing or doming yes for sure um yeah like when i started out the group was largely um heterosexual uh and the the men were like all uh in the dominant role (laughs) and the females were yeah, subsequently in the, you know, in the submissive role. So um, when you went in as a female and young, uh, it was definitely easier to, to, to just assume the role of a submissive. Right. Interesting. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so I think, yeah, I think maybe the, 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 the makeup of the scene will, will kind of affect, like, uh, especially when you come in as a, you, know, you don't really know who you are or what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you already do, then then that's good, good for you, right? But a yeah. lot of people don't, they come in like, I'm unsure. Yeah, yeah. they don't really know what to do mm. and they're kind of just curious but also shy and hesitant at the same yeah. time. So <laughs> there's a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So the bigger personalities in the group, I think, will tend to sway, um, yeah, their mindsets. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> and again, th- <laughs> thanks for sharing all that information in terms of like the BDSM community in Singapore and like how much it's grown. Like, I think that's really fantastic and progressive too. So it's really cool to kind of see that and hear about that. <laughs> well, thanks. This was a really fun chat. <laughs> yes. But before I let you go, where can we find you? So I am on Twitter um, at Dominatrix Amber. Okay. Also on Instagram under the same handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and my website is the same, dominatrixamber.com. Perfect. And even OnlyFans yes. too as well? Yes, I'm also on OnlyFans under the same handle. Great, <laughs> nice and simple. easy. Yes. <laughs> super, super, yes. super simple, which is great. <laughs> well, it was so lovely chatting with you this morning. I feel like my voice is finally warmed up at the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> no I think you did great <laughs> <laughs> thank you you did an awesome job and I'm so so happy to have had you on to kick off season two today so thank you thank you and um we are so sad to not have you for next week on the sugar and spice festival <laughs> but yeah. um, I'm, I'm really happy to connect uh here at least like at least I had that opportunity because I feel like you have such a wealth of knowledge on the topic uh too so thank you so much for that um thank you get your tickets online guys my uh the panel that i will be moderating will be in a week from now august 9th if you want to stay up at 1am you can (laughs) but uh, (laughs) oh is that is that what time it will be (laughs) oh my god for for me yes it will be one o'clock in the morning (laughs) four o'clock singapore time so (laughs) yeah (laughs) we'll see how i do then but um, i guess if it were like nighttime my time it would be manageable but daytime for me is just going to be a problem so. yeah no yeah totally get it <laughs> <Yes>. but <laughs> but thank yeah. you so much for coming on to the show it was a pleasure thank you miss amber <laughs> <laughs> thank you and we'll catch you guys in for another episode next week august 9th another new episode for sure no more bonus episodes 
Catch me on Instagram, Strip by Sia, or my personal Sia Steph, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. You're listening to Strip by Sia, produced and hosted by Steph Sia, aka Kim G. Music by Ted D. Photography by Ian Davern, and graphics by Maria.